0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio, Radio.
1: six thirty, chat. And around the board. Zach Cassian is going to have an ample time to clear. Looking for the home run to Camilleri. He's got him. Camilleri over the line. Left wing slapper saved. Howard, rebound score. Mark Letestu in his 500th NHL game has given Edmonton its first two-goal lead this season on the road. It's
2: 4-2 to two with 5.5 to play in period two. A milestone game for Mark Letestu. He helps the Oilers with a three-goal second period, and they go on to dump the Detroit Red Wings tonight 6-2 in their first-ever visit to Little Caesars Arena. The Oilers bouncing back from that dismal performance last night in St. Louis where they were bombed 8-3. This one was 2-2 after the first period, and then the Oilers dominated the middle frame. The shots were 14-3. I mentioned they outscored them 3-0. Yessi Puglia-Yarvi adding a 1-0. Time ripper late in the third. I think we should talk about that as we move along, too, Rob, because this team has been crying out for a forward who can one-time the puck, and Puli Yarvey showed it on that one, getting his second of the season. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 8.03 Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630chett.com slash Oilers. Go there, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to one of three Japanese Village locations at Edmonton Downtown, Southside and Northside. Well, Rob, they... They answered the bell. We were hoping they would. I mean, I really didn't know which team we were going to see tonight. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know what team we're going to see on Friday, given the way the season has gone. But the orders did what they had to do this evening.
3: They did. They needed to respond uh, with what they put out on the the ice last night. They were not good enough. They haven't been good enough uh, for most of the season. And it has gotten worse over the last few games. And they came out tonight and played a team game. They kept it simple. There was no individualistic type plays out there today. The 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 players that needed to do the hitting hit, the players that needed to get pucks in deep did, the guys that needed to score did that as well. Sometimes you need to be embarrassed at Rock Bog before you start going in the right direction. I think that Todd McClellan talked about the fact that there wasn't a lot of buy-in, or at least it didn't seem like there was a lot of buy-in in the stuff that they needed to do to be successful. And they came out tonight and decided, you know what, what we were doing wasn't working. Let's go do the things that we did to be successful last year. And they did that to a T. So, I mean, the Detroit Red Wings were not, you know, the, the, the 1970 Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, the quality Canadians, of opponent makes a difference. But but the Oilers were the better team. They needed to be. They were on the road. And the, the to me, the biggest thing was the contributions from top to bottom. The Oilers have not had that in any game this season where they could look up and down their lineup and say, okay, you know, that line was good, that line was good, and all four of them were. All four lines contributed offensively. It just takes so much pressure off your top lines, and I think Cam Talbot needed a a bounce-back game, and he certainly had one too.
2: Talbot 20 saves on 22 shots. Oilers outshot Detroit 28-22, including 20-11 over the final two periods. 14 different Oilers had at least a point tonight. Strom of V2 and McDavid each with two assists and we had that Mark Latestu goal off the top. Six different goal scorers for the Oilers back to Detroit. Here's Latestu. I just How did you see that one?
4: I thought everybody came to play tonight. Uh it shows up on the score sheet all four Lions get a goal tonight. Uh, you know, I didn't think we gave up a lot. Uh, it was it was more like ourselves. You know, and there was there was a lot to prove tonight. Uh, St. Louis was obviously not the game that any of us wanted to put out there. Uh, I think this was the response we needed. Uh, I thought everybody showed up today uh, with the right mindset, and we got the job done. More relief or
5: satisfaction in your eyes for this one?
4: It's not relief. Uh, you know, we're we're going to win more hockey games. Satisfaction that uh, some of the things that that went on tonight, you know, even their second goal, another bad bounce, finds a way in, it didn't deter us. You know, we, we kept going after it and, and found a way to win a game where, you know, people say we were quitting. Uh, this was an easy one to quit after getting that goal, and I thought the guys stuck with it and, and proved uh, there's plenty of character in this room. It's one that you were able to play for Cam a little bit. He only faced 22 shots tonight. Uh, not just Cam, we're playing for each other. Uh, you know, we, again, we needed, we needed this game. Uh, there there a desperation, an urgency. You know, probably earlier in the year than we're used to, but uh, we've put ourselves in this situation. I thought everybody, again, responded appropriately. I thought the, the game was played well uh, where we needed to play, and, and you know, we didn't need the special teams to do it tonight. Uh, we got it done 5-on-5 five five where, where we got to be better, and we were.
2: All right, that's Mark Letestu. Oilers beat Detroit 6-2. Letestu also our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. He uh, scores in his 500th career NHL game. He referenced the, the, the second goal. And Detroit scoring a minute 35 left in the first period to tie it. And the Oilers have had trouble with goals late in periods this year. And he said a bad break, Cronwall shoots from a bad angle, hits Nugent Hopkins in the back, and goes perfectly inside the goalpost. And I thought, you know, the Oilers had a pretty good first period. They bounced back quickly from a Detroit power play goal, and then you wondered which way it was going to go tonight. But the Oilers totally answered the bell in the second period.
3: Yeah, they they did a few times. You know, they give up a a goal early in the game on a dump penalty, a too-many-man penalty, they they give up the goal, and right away they they respond. And then they get better as the period goes on, and then a silly goal at the end of the period, just bad luck. And what we've seen as of late, when the Oilers had an unlucky bounce or uh, a goal that they didn't feel should have gone in, they've wilted. Tonight in the second period, that was one of the best second periods they've played all year. Like, they dominated and, and dominated throughout their lineup. So there was response tonight. And, uh, and, you know, Mark just talked about it there. We, we were embarrassed by what we put on the ice last night. We had to be better, not just for the goaltender. All of us had to be. And they came out, and they were. And it's something to, to carry over into the rest of this road trip. And we said, the, the Oilers are in a span of playing teams that are currently outside the playoffs. So that if you're ever going to make a little bit of a run, now's the time to do it. The only way to win two in a row is win the first one. Well, they got that tonight, now they can start looking forward to a good game in Buffalo.
2: We'd love to hear from you tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Oilers 6-2 over Detroit. Nurse Maroon, Kara, Letestu, Kajula, and Puglia Yarvi the goal scorers this evening. We have Derek on the open line. Derek, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys.
6: Hello. Hey, just uh, just wondering with uh, Cam Talbot's uh, Cam Talbot's uh, style of goal, uh, if he's uh, sorry, <laughs> little boy there. Um, if, uh when he goes down, like in the corner there, when it goes up to the uh, top of the circles he's still, or bring end line, he's still down.
3: I mean, we talked about it last night. When it comes to goaltending, yeah. I you're gonna have to bring in an expert for that. Yeah. Um,
2: oh, I'll ask Kelly Rudy tomorrow. Yeah, you know, was Kelly on tomorrow? Kelly's on Inside Sports. Say hi he to Kelly good. for me. Kelly's a great
3: man.
6: Another another thing. um, they never thought of putting? Uh, I know Connor's a centerman, but they, did they ever think of putting him on the wing with Leon at center?
3: Well, well more or, or less, that's was, what they were. Yeah. I mean, the, when they played together, Leon and, and Connor, Leon was taking the majority of the faceoffs, so he yeah. was more or less the centerman on that line. So I mean, w- once the puck is dropped, you know, there's really no positions. Guys just go wherever they want. Um, and whenever it was in the defensive zone, Connor and Leon would just whoever was back first became the centerman down low. But for the most part, I think Connor was the winger on that on that line.
6: Yeah, and Filary, so that was quite the hit tonight. That was awesome. I hope that he uh, he gets on the power play, and he can uh, you know eventually take. All due respect
3: to Latesto, but uh. He will be. That that is the future for your for your power play is Pully on the off wing with his one timer. We saw saw that tonight what he's capable of doing. You know, the I love Mark Letesto and what he does on the power play. I don't know if he scores on a one timer from that far out, mm-hmm. five on five. I mean, very few players do. And what, that's one of the reasons PRV was drafted as high as he was. He's got elite offensive ability. It's a little slow in coming right now, but when it gets there, you will see him playing more and you will see him on either the first or second power play unit.
2: Yeah, and he got out there. The Oilers only had one power play today and they had to switch the units around a little bit because Lucic was briefly getting treated there after he got that stick in the face. But, yeah, I mean, okay, it's the sixth goal in a 6-2 game with a minute five left, so we're not going to pretend that the Detroit's intensity level was high. But I was glad to see Pugliarvi put himself in an open position. No hesitation. Rip the puck. Get it away quickly. Because we've seen so many Oilers forwards in recent years, whether you want to talk about Yakupov, Eberle, some guys who are currently on the team you know, either hesitate or whiff on it, and, and he got all of it. And like you said, that was barely inside the blue line, and he was able to yeah,
3: drive it in. He's got a bomb. He, he is an absolute bomb. He's a big man, and he understands the mechanics of, of the one-timers. So, you know, he that is another threat. And when you think about what the Oilers have on their power play with the McDavid's, the Drysettles, the Nujah Hopkins, all left-handed shots looking for a right-handed guy to pass the puck to Pouliarvi will one day be there. It might be sooner than later, but that will be the future for the Edmonton Oilers power play.
2: Oilers take it 6-2 tonight. That means a $150 donation from Booster Juice to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 every time the Oilers score. You can track the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. 780-496-0063. We're going to bring Mike on the open line. Hello, Mike. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. Good.
4: Happy with the game tonight. Real quick, do you think uh, the Oilers' performance lately has anything to do with Todd, just putting the lines in the blender? It's going to be pretty hard for guys getting used to playing with each other.
3: Well, the Oilers were struggling for a while, and we got a number of phone calls from people complaining that the lines were not being changed. The Oilers went for the with for the longest time with McDavid, with Maroon and Dry Settle and Nugent Hopkins with Lucic and whoever. So I, I, I don't think that's a problem. I think he gave those guys long stretches, a lot of rope before he made the change, and now he's just looking. Nothing was working. So now he's doing whatever he can to find chemistry. I think what you saw tonight might be something you're going to see for a while. I think that they have shown a little bit of consistency in the last couple of games. Well, the third period, they showed a little bit of offensive juice against St. Louis and then again tonight. So I, I think you're going to see this for a little bit.
2: I, I like Kajula with McDavid. Mar- Maroon wasn't with them tonight. It was Lucic, McDavid, and Kajula. I, I like Kajula playing there. I mean, you mentioned during the intermission, three goals in three games, basically, with McDavid. One mm-hmm. was shorthanded, but I mean, we've we've talked to death about how the Oilers aren't overall a fast team, but Kajula has a little bit of quickness, and he, if he's able to get his shot off, he does present a bit of a threat there, and then it allows you to put dry probably, with Nugent Hopkins, if you keep doing that.
3: Yeah, no, he, they, he looked good tonight. The biggest thing playing with a superstar is when you get the opportunity and take advantage of it, and Kajula has done that in the games that he's been there. He's got to continue.
2: All right, Oilers take it six-two. Good fella, is that the name you're going by? That is the name. Okay, go ahead. How are you, fellas? Thanks for, thanks so much for taking
7: my call, Rob Reed. I love uh, listening to the show after every game.
6: Well, Thank you very uh, much. Appreciate
7: you guys' input. I got a quick uh, question about this ridiculous U.S. Thanksgiving Day stat. Um, <laughs> it, it's so stupid, and I I, I was sitting there watching uh, watching you know. Kim and Sid, whoever it is, you know, talking about how that's such a big deal and, and Spectre and all these guys. But, I mean, by that rationale, um, Vancouver and Vegas and L.A. and teams like that
3: are going to make the playoffs. Well, I think L.A.'s right. making did the you, playoffs. Did you see, sorry, good fella, did
2: you see the, the, the board they put up during the game today on Sportsnet? No, what was it? Okay, so and for the, the last five years, it's it's either been 12 or 13 – Of the sixteen playoff teams, were in a playoff spot on American Thanksgiving. So that's still three or four every year that weren't. Like it's not impossible.
3: And when you start thinking twelve, there's probably twelve elite teams in the league that you could pick any time of the year, and they're going to be always. Excuse me, always in a in a playoff spot. So i I don't think there's anything to do with that. I think it's just something uh, that it's easy for the media to write about and talk about.
7: about. Yeah, it makes it interesting because if you think about it, you've got Okay, you can't... You know, I, I talk to people and they're like, oh, you know, the Oilers fluked out last year. You can't statistically fluke out over the span of, like, 80-some games plus 12 playoff games or whatever it is. That's not a fluke. That's a good team. So I think if you're a bad team and you're below that cutoff by Thanksgiving, sure, that holds some weight. The Oilers aren't a bad team. They're a good team that's been playing bad. Is that, fair? Is that a fair comment?
3: Yeah, I, think, I, I agree. I, I think that play, the Oilers are a playoff team. I do not think they're a team that would win the division or win the conference. But I certainly believe that they're a playoff team that has been underachieving thus far this year.
2: Good fella. Thanks for the call. If you're on hold, we're getting to you. You will also hear from Todd McClellan right away. Oilers take down Detroit 6-2. Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Winter.
0: This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
1: 630 Chat Here's Tatar. Lead pass, left wing behind his man, and the Oilers are going to break out three on two. Brian Strom over the line, right wing. What timer, Pulia Score! Yes, a Puglia Yarby right on
2: cue. You're just saying it'd be great if he could get it going the icing on the cake tonight Puglia Yarvi a long one-timer late in the third period Oilers beat Detroit 6-2 2-2 after the first Oilers owned the second period went up 5-2 and then a pretty efficient third period for the most part Camp Talbot bounces back with the win 20 saves on 22 shots Detroit used both goaltenders tonight Jimmy Howard pulled after allowing four goals on 19 shots and then Peter Morazic went the rest of the way he stopped 7 of 9 wasn't that a Star Trek character? I never watched uh, a lot of Star Trek, but wasn't there a character called Seven of Nine on one of the shows?
3: I'm a Star Wars guy, not
2: a Star Trek guy. I could, I could text like I know, my wife I have, and ask him. I have Star Trek friends, so I know a little bit about it. You him. got Kellen, friends that were in Star I Trek? Yeah, I, 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 William you Shatner. Were, you were yeah. tight with As, the Vulcans? His name's, his, name's, his name's William. He played the captain. I can't
3: help you either. I'm with Rob. Star Wars is infinitely better it's than Star Trek. It's not even close. Maybe
2: Andrew it's knows. It's
3: light years ahead of Star Trek.
2: Maybe Andrew knows. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hi,
1: guys. How are you? I, I Pretty good. I got a question for Rob. He's played the game last. How many times has the team that had the most points gone on and win a Stanley Cup? Oh, like we'd kind of have to look it, it up.
3: Yeah. I, I bet Would you, you it's... The like it. President's Cup? Maybe. I bet you it'd be less than 20%, so I'm guessing.
1: The, why, do you think what's, why do you think that is?
3: Well... I, I, I don't know. I think during the regular season, I think a lot of it has to do with the health. The Teams that have better depth seem to last longer than I, in, in the regular season and are able to I, overcome injuries. Yeah.
1: I think it's the team that has the most fuel in the tank towards the end of the season.
3: Well yeah, that's, that that's goes true. On
1: to win the.: Stanley
3: Cup. Well, a lot of luck that comes playoff time a lot. you got whatever team stays healthiest.
1: And I think you know people shouldn't write the Oilers off because their tanks are still full. They haven't done nothing yet. I yeah. think they're gonna they're gonna turn this thing around. You just
3: watch. Well, I, we, we believe that they've got the ability yeah. to do it. But to to win the Stanley Cup, you've got to make the playoffs. And right now, the Oilers are on the outside looking in. They've got a they have to have a little bit of a run here to get back into the playoff picture.
2: All right. So since the NHL went to twenty one teams, so since the Oilers jo- joined in seventy nine eighty. The team finishing first overall has won the Stanley Cup uh, 11 times. One, two, three, four, five, six. yeah, 11 times out of, so what would that be, 30, there was one year that didn't happen, 36 years?
3: No. Yeah. Since, since what year?
2: Since 1980.
3: So that's 20, 37, 37, 38 so years. So a little less than years. a third. So yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard winning these Stanley like Yeah, Cup. and
2: there's more teams. To, I mean, and sometimes you're first overall
3: by a point. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like you ran away with it. Yeah,
2: seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring Alex onto the show. Hey, Alex. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing well.
6: Good. So, uh, well, first of all, it's been a long time since I called the show. Uh, I was living in Edmonton at the time, and now I'm in Toronto, so uh, I have to deal with least media all the day. So, I mean. Pray for me. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> last night, obviously, not a great game by the team. I thought it was uh, a gone show by uh, every definition in the English language. Tonight, I was more impressed with how the team responded, how they played both offensively and defensively. I liked a lot of individual performances. Uh, Ryan Strom, in particular, impressed me with, uh, I think he put up, what, two points?
2: Two assists, um, buddy, yep.
6: Uh, he also did well in the faceoff dot and um, and defensively, and that's something I, I've been noticing about Strome lately. I know a lot of Boilers fans give him give him heck because he's not you know replacing Everley, but he was never meant to. And a lot of times this season, I've been I've been impressed by how he plays. And so I just wanted to put that out there. But I'm very happy how the team responded. They played very well, mo- uh, very much how they played last year, uh, and I'm really hoping that they can continue this going forward.
2: Yeah, thanks, Alex. We appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I I said last night, I'm not talking about a a playoff chase or anything yet because they got to start winning two in a row, then then three in a row. Remember, they only have one winning streak all season long. So hopefully, they get another one against Buffalo. But look, first of all, they played well. You know, Talbot stopped the pucks he needed to. They defended better. They hustled better. They played more in a straight line, and they played a team that's not as good as St. Louis. You know, I think Detroit is more of an average NHL team. Now, having said that, that's where you get got to start getting your
3: points. Well, having said that, too, this is a team that embarrassed the Oilers Absolutely. on home ice. So, I, again, this is a team the Oilers had trouble with, a team that has speed. And the Oilers have struggled at times this this season against teams that are faster than them. But they came out with a committed game plan, and they stuck with it. When things went wrong, when they gave up an early goal, they didn't wilt. When they gave up a goal late in the period, and we've seen that before this year, where they give up a late goal, and then the next period, you, they don't come up. They don't show up. And tonight, that wasn't the case. So the Oilers needed to play a simpler game, the type of game that they had played on the road trip, uh, you know, where they went 2-1-1 one, and one and could have won all four games. They were all 2-1 games. And tonight they came on board much better defensively. The defense created offense. And a perfect example is Chris Russell in the third period not having a play, sorry, or the second period, not having a play and throws the puck off the glass. Connor McDavid chases it down, turns into a two-on-one, then a three-on-one. Cajula scores a goal. But it, it wasn't Russell forcing something. He's got nothing. He makes a smart defensive play, getting it off the glass and out and it turns into a goal-scoring chance for the Oilers. They weren't doing that against St. Louis. They weren't doing that against Dallas, and they haven't done that a lot this year. They were forcing things. Tonight, they let things come to them, and they were much better because of it.
2: 6-2, the Oilers take it. We have Joanne on the line. Joanne, thanks a lot for calling.
6: Oh, hi. I wonder if I could add, ask Rob a couple of questions. First of all, when when uh, you talk about the leadership group, um, is that a group of players that get together and... or or is the coach involved, or what did they do? And second of all, if you could give me an idea of what happens in the locker room before and between periods in a game.
3: Okay, Uh, the good questions. Uh, The first, uh, a leadership group. I've been on teams where the coaching staff will will pick a a group of guys and be the leadership group. It's usually the captains and assistants and a couple other veterans. And they usually like to have, you know, a guy off the fourth line and, you know, maybe the fifth or sixth defenseman so that everybody is kind of re- represented when the, when the leadership group meets. So what he does is he brings them in usually, you know, once a week, talks about what's going on in the team, you know, what's the pulse of the team, how the guy's feeling, what do you like about this, what do you like about that. And it gives the, the players a little bit of say in what's going on. It li- allows the coaching staff to see where their, their group is how their group's feeling about the way things are going. And really it builds a relationship between the coaching staff and the players. i played on too many teams where you had a coaching staff and you had a group of players and there was no intermingling. And you just don't feel like a team that way. So I I like when they bring leadership groups in and it makes you feel important as a player that you've got a voice. Before and between periods, before the games, guys are usually got things that they like to take care of. Some guys will be very talkative, some guys will be very focused. Uh, I play with a guy named Tom Barrasso that had his equipment set a certain way. You couldn't touch his equipment. If you walked by his stuff and bumped anything, he would absolutely lose it. Screaming at you, throwing things at you. I've got guys that are very loose. Guys that are drinking coffee, watching TV, reading papers, whatever it takes to get ready. Between periods is dictated on how the game is going. When the game is going well, it's a very loose dressing room. A lot of talking, a lot of joking around. When it's a game that things aren't going well, guys get a little more serious. And when it's going really poorly, then you'll have guys standing up and saying, Kay, you've got to be accountable for this. You've got to be accountable for that. I've got to be better. So it's all dictated on how the game is going.
2: All right, it is 829. we got a quick news and weather update. Todd McClellan is coming up next. we got Bob, Mike, Tony, and Derek on the open line. Room for you if you want to call 780-496-0063. Oilers get a Motown victory, 6-2. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
1: This program is brought to you by the Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 780-4FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Today's United Cycles annual Black Friday Locker Room VIP event. Save up to 60% on bikes, baseball, snow sports, hockey, and more. Not a locker room member? You can join at unitedcycle.com or in-store to receive your exclusive invitation. Don't wait, the Black Friday VIP event is today only.
6: Live
0: from the Osmond Auctions broadcast center. This is the Canadian Brew House
1: overtime open line on Oilers Radio. 6.30, chair. the Red Wings last year missing the playoffs for the first time since 1990. Off the draw, dry settle. Oh! Maintains puck possession as he enters the zone. Backdoor play. Beautiful back Score!
2: Five hole! Patrick Maroon has given Edmonton the lead. 2-1. to Patrick Maroon scoring in the first period. His sixth of the season. Seidel and 2 the helpers, that made it 2-1 Oilers. The Wings would tie it and then not get anything else. The Oilers score the final four goals of the game and beat Detroit 6-2. Edmonton improving to 8-12-2 and on the season. First win here on their five-game road trip. They're 1-2 with Boston and Buffalo still to come. We're going to go to more phone calls in a second here, but back to Detroit. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. To see you can
0: almost check all of it off because of what you got out of your team tonight? Uh, That's probably a good way of putting it Um, We played the type of game that it takes to win in the league, Um, we made plays when they were there, we uh, managed the puck and chipped it out when the plays weren't there we had good shift length and good line changes, we blocked shots, Uh, we were responsible all all over the rink and it took everybody and uh, it's a good lesson for us, we have to bottle that up and and use it uh, in Buffalo on Friday had
5: goals from guys that don't normally score. It was one of those games where you didn't need Connor, you didn't need Leon to be leading the way.
0: No, we needed them, but uh, they didn't have to. Uh, yeah, they didn't have to uh, score two or three to win. And um, quite often, when your uh, secondary uh, level of player is is contributing offensively, you have a real good chance at winning. Um, you have to win on those nights. Uh, but I thought all again, all four lines found a way to uh, contribute, not only on the score sheet, but uh, doing things right um, all over the, the ice surface. Cara, even gave Kara a little bit of power play time? Yeah, Looch uh, took a stick up in the eye and had to uh, leave to fix a contact, so J.J. Uh, was having a good night and he was rewarded with that ice time. Do
5: you feel like you can learn something about your team just in the way they respond after a night like last night?
0: Well, I think we already knew that about our guys. We we, we believe we have a high character uh, team. We saw it for the past 15 months. Uh, we've stumbled here a little bit, but we believe in the character of the room and, and the players that are here. It's just a matter of putting it on the ice consistently. So, um, you know, tonight was a good night for us. We responded um, in the face of adversity. We were called out, and uh, the group did what they needed to do. But... Uh, we need to string some games together, so we have to see uh, a repeat of what we saw tonight on as early as Friday. Which
5: is what you've had before, where it, the guys will play a really good game, but then fall back the next game. Well, you know, like, like in regulation time, you want to see this and then that's you know, two, yeah, three, we, four games in a row. We,
0: For us to improve as a team, we have to consistently do it. It has to happen within a 60-minute game, and it has to happen the next night. We've done it for 60, now it's got to show up the next night.
5: Well, they scored... Uh, early, were you thinking, oh man? And then when they got the one off, off Nugent Hopkins at the end of the period, they had yeah, they so are, many of those that have gone off your own guys and past.
0: Yeah, that, and that happens. Um, fortunately for us tonight, we were able to score enough to to overcome it. But um, uh, I thought Cam played a, a real solid game. He made some saves, some important saves at at the right time for us to uh, to maintain a level of confidence that was necessary.
8: What do you feel like, well, you guys, to get the sort of traction you had in the second period?
0: just doing things right you know it's funny we were just talking in our room there's no there isn't a magic formula that one team has or doesn't have talent disparity exists in the league um but not by a great margin it's usually the team that does it the right way the longest and the hardest uh, that comes out on top that night and uh, we haven't done that consistently enough but tonight we did Best night of team defense you've seen uh, well night one I thought that we played against Calgary was real good but this was a, a commitment level that was uh, much higher than it's been uh, lately and uh, you know I, I I could hear players talking about the importance of it and taking pride in it, physically talking
5: about it and that's a good sign. Clef was better. Clef was much better.
1: Does,
5: does he seem nervous, like is, he's moving his feet, you know, not want a defenseman bouncing on his feet, it's like he's saying oh I'm nervous here, a you know, mistake. Well, I
0: I think the mistakes and, you know, you asking me every day gets to him after a while. Um, You know, so he's living with that. I know. You've got to find a different player. Um, But he uh, he hears that. He feels it. He's human. And, um, you know, so he carries that with him. But um, the only way he's going to get through it is play himself out of it. And tonight was a good step in the right direction.
2: Well, poor Jim Matheson. He's just trying to ask about the players. (laughs) Him and Tom McClellan have a little uh, ongoing joking uh, feud because Matheson's always the one that asks about the injuries. So sometimes when Todd comes out, (laughs) McClellan will just look at him and say, Jim, you doing the injury question today? Or if Matheson's <laughs> not there, he'll look at the rest of it and say, who's going to ask you about the injuries now that Matheson's not here? The adjustment of the game is definitely the Oilers' commitment level brought to you by the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. It was a befuddled Oilers team last night in St. Louis. Much stronger tonight. They beat Detroit 6-2. We have Bob on the open line. Bob, thanks for calling.
9: Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm um, calling from Cold I am a Oilers fan and a Red Wing fan. Um, my question is: When I watch the Red Wings, and tonight was no exception, tons of empty seats in the building. Is that an anomaly, or are they having a really poor year for attendance?
2: They are. They are having a poor year for attendance. There's been a lot of empty seats in that new building all year long. I haven't read about it closely enough to know what is happening, but it has been an issue there.
3: Well, they said there was 19,550 people there tonight, or that's what the attendance is on the game sheet. I think they added a one before the nineteen. It, it looked, did not look full at all, no. And it's too bad because from everything we heard, it's a beautiful arena that uh, was long overdue in Detroit.
9: Well, that's what was puzzling me. I just couldn't get my mind around how many good seats were available there. So,
2: Yeah, I just quickly Googled here. Uh, the Detroit News did a story about three weeks ago. Uh, I mean, it says that neither the Pistons or the Wings are are great teams. So that might be affecting things a little bit. And uh, now the Pistons have a larger capacity, Rob, because of the courtside seats. They have about 1,000 more seats available. Makes but, sense. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't is, sound. It's not. It's not good sitting on the ice for for a hockey game. Oh, There's injuries too, come into play.
2: Too, much, too many things that could happen.
8: Mm-hmm,
3: not yeah, good. but
2: no, it was. It wasn't just tonight. It wasn't just tonight, Bob. They've been getting lower attendance for than expected for sure. What do you think yeah, of the What do you think of the Wings? I mean, I know they got a better record than the Oilers. Most of the league does, and I know they kicked the crap out of the Oilers a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I also thought they didn't have a great night and are maybe. Going to be hard pressed to get into the postseason. What do you think?
9: Well, I think so too. Again, they're they are rebuilding. I've been through with them when they were the dead things, and uh, I mean we're long suffering. And I shouldn't admit this, but I'm a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan too. So I um, think we're. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, they they try hard. They're well coached. They're they're a nice clean team to watch. But uh, yeah, I'm amazed they have cap problems too. I just I don't get it. So
2: Bob, you're going to finish the play, all right? All right. All right. We're looking to give Bob an eight-day parking pass to JetSet U Park. Jet Set Parking Park, cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com.
1: Cleared up by Talbot. Kara
2: ran into his own guy, Camilleri, and now Abdo Cater, shorthanded, Athanasio, wrist shot. All right. We want to make it easy for Bob, Athanasio, a wrist shot. Who was in goal for the Oilers tonight? Cam Talbot. All right. No. There we go. Bob wins. You don't need to play it, eh? No. No. Kellen's no. Like, that's, that's nah. cool. I like to make Wrong it easy in. on people sometimes. Bob's calling from Cold Lake. He deserves a
3: prize. I agree. Mm-hmm. I like Bob. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he got the Rob Brown stamp of approval. Well, you know what else? I think this is our buddy Tony. Is this our regular Tony calling in? That's me, boys. What is going on, Tony? Hey, you were the fourth Mom. star last night.
10: Yeah, I was. Remember that? (laughs) First of all, that was the easiest question in the whole world. So, Um, honestly, tonight I was really impressed on how how we bounced back. Um, The fact that we got completely slaughtered last night, and then we came out and showed the fact that you know we can compete. I'm just hoping that with this, this is going to open up our eyes, and maybe we can go on a win streak because I missed last season when we were in the playoffs because I actually went to the. the viewing party at Rogers Place and that was a lot of fun but we can't do that I can't do that if
2: we're not in the playoffs this year <laughs> well we I mean the thing is to, I mean, tonight was great they did what they had to do they took advantage of opportunities but yeah small picture good win big picture they, they need to start cluing into how they have to play night after night and, and staying in games and taking advantage of their chances so it's, it's time to build a streak I mean Buffalo like the Oilers is off to a poor start I think more was expected of the Oilers than Buffalo this season. So now I'm kind of like, okay, show me again, because they've only won back-to-back games once all year long.
10: I'm, I'm just hoping that we can start winning more and all that, because I know playoffs are a long time away, but I think in the next two years we will win a cup. I'm just hoping that you know some of these players that we brought in, like Ken will stay, because, yeah, he might, this might have been his first point of the season with us, but I think he's going to be a real great addition to us.
2: Well, I hope so. He made a good play getting that shot on net. Thanks, Tony. We'll talk to you again, okay, buddy? Yeah. Camilleri, yeah, his first point is an Oiler, the, one of the simplest offensive plays in hockey, Rob. <laughs> the shot from the wing creates a rebound, but Testu flips it in.
3: And we, we talk about it all the time, put the puck on net. A lot of guys want to force passes, and it's easier for a player going to the net to get a rebound than it is to accept a pass well-covered. Because when he's accepting a pass, he's got to look down, he's got a defenseman on him, he's got to get the puck on his stick, try to get the puck around the defenseman, and get a shot off, but if if you put a puck on net, and we saw the right there, he's driving to the net. When the rebound comes out, the defenseman has no idea where that puck is. You have an advantage as the offensive player because you get to see it first. And when you put the puck in the right spot, and he was a good, hard, strong shot, low on the ice that forced a rebound that was not been able to be controlled there. It allows your, your offensive partner to go in there and sneak out a, sniff out a, a scoring chance, and that's what Latesto did. So a smart play by a veteran player, and that line I thought was very good tonight, as all four lines were, they all were able to create.
2: Oilers win at 6-2. Montreal has just scored with the goalie on the bench in Nashville. 2-2 with 56 seconds left. We'll check the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard when we get back. We'll bring in Jason on the open line. Oilers win 6-2. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins
1: on Oilers Radio, 630 Chantham. Those two, a little miscommunication, turned it over. Strom plucks the puck off the boards. One-timer, OB2 had it blocked. Rebound Strong with Wilson down and out. Centers, Kara shoots and scores. 3-2 Edmonton.
2: Turns out to be the game-winner tonight. Oilers beat the Red Wings 6-2. You'll hear from Jujar Kara in a minute here, but first on the open line, we have Jason standing by. Jason, you're on with Robin Reed. Hey, how are
7: you guys doing? Doing well. Hey, uh, so first of all, I don't have a lot to contribute because I'm not really hip to all the hockey lingo and all that stuff, but uh, first of all, what do you think it is? Like, nothing's really changed with the team since last year. Like, why is it that... Uh, generally sucking, except for
3: last night, of course, or tonight? I think we talked about it a lot last night, but I think uh, a whole lot has to do with the expectations, the pressures. Last year they were an uh, underdog team and it's easier playing as an underdog when the expectations are very low. This year they started the season as a lot of people were picking them to be Stanley Cup finalists or champions. The Vegas oddsmakers had them as, as very high odds to win the Cup, so I think those expectations and Over the course of the summer, I think they may have forgotten how hard it is to win and the price that you have to pay. And I think that they're just starting to learn that again. And they're they're learning when they don't pay the price like they didn't in St. Louis and they didn't in Dallas, they're going to be embarrassed. And tonight they came out with a much different effort.
7: Uh, uh, Secondly, uh, I'm kind of a superstitious guy, and this is kind of a little lighthearted. The last time Popeye's offered free food, if they won, well, they won. And uh, tonight, I mean, you say knuckle puck. Knuckle and I knew as soon as I heard Popeye sponsored that, I was like, yeah, they're going to win tonight. So,
2: Jason, i I got to tell, tell you a secret. I think Bob only reads that when they win. <laughs> I, think, I think the promotion is always there, but they only read it when they win. Just like how we only turn on the goal light when they score five. You know what I mean? <laughs> All
7: right, guys.
2: Sorry, yeah, you guys sorry got to ruin nice. it for you. Hey,
7: that's okay. I'm getting some free food tomorrow.
2: <laughs> good, good man. Good man. Good stuff from Jason. We'll go to Blake on the open line in a second, but I want to bring in Jujar Kara. Here we go. What we saw yesterday in St. Louis. Wow.
8: Definitely, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was hard to sleep last night after a game like that in St. Louis. And, you know, we had a nice meeting today to, to bounce back. And, um, you know, we... We came out right away. We had a good first, good road first period, and then we built off that the rest of the game. 14 guys hit the score sheet. Every
5: line scoring, defensemen scoring. What does that say to you about this group right now? Uh,
8: that just, you know, I think we're most successful when everybody pitches in, and um, just a game like this, it shows that everybody can pitch in, and you know, it, it gives confidence to everybody on the team. You know, you're not, you're not kind of you're not hesitant to pass to certain guys in certain areas, you know, everybody can pitch in. Can't always be Connor, either Connor or, or Leon or somebody. Sometimes
5: the other guys got it. They can have a night where they're not big on the score sheet you guys are.
8: Right, yeah, exactly. You know, they're, they're our leaders and uh, for most of the part, they're going to lead the way, but, you know, we, uh, the rest of the guys, they we're going to try to pitch in as much as possible and help the team. You get more work, it looks like the coach is getting here.
5: Getting a little more trust with the coach. You're playing in the third line, not the fourth line. Now, Is that the way you feel.
8: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm um, starting to play in more and more situations, and um, got some power play time too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, a little, <laughs> I got some. That was that's good. But um, yeah, you know, it's. I think it's one of those things. You know, if you're playing well, you're gonna, you're gonna play, and that goes for anybody. And. Um, I'm just trying to take it game by game, uh, trying to stick to to a simple game and uh, you know that's the coach's decision and uh, whatever he decides I'm going to play. Good game for
2: Juju Jarkera, second of the season, Oilers beat Detroit 6-2. Quick look at the advantage trailer rentals scoreboard, everybody except St. Louis playing tomorrow and then, or tonight, and then there are no games tomorrow. In overtime, Montreal and Nashville are tied 2-2. We're watching it right now. The Panthers beat the Leafs 2-1 in a shootout. Bruins over the Devils 3-2 in a shootout. Tampa Bay knocks off Chicago 3-2 in overtime. The Avalanche lead the Stars 2-0 after 2. Sharks up 2-zip on the Coyotes after 2. In the first, Golden Knights and Ducks are scoreless. Same deal with the Jets and the Kings. Minnesota outscores Buffalo 5-4. The Islanders knock off the Flyers 4-3 in overtime. Beauty set up by Tavares to help the Islanders win. Vancouver wins 5-2 in Pittsburgh. The Capitals win on home ice 5-2 over the Senators. Rangers rout the Hurricanes 6-1. And in overtime, Columbus... Edges Calgary one nothing.
3: Howitz are there in
2: Columbus? Oh, did you An see exciting it? one it yet?
3: No, I haven't seen it either.
2: We got Blake on the line. Blake, go ahead. Hey guys, what's
10: up? Me? Um, yeah, good bounce back win from uh, last night's performance. Uh, um, so yeah, it was a pretty good bounce back win, but.
2: Yeah, for sure. You got a question for Rob? Like we lost them. All right. Well, it was a good bounce back win. That that that's accurate. much needed. Much much, much needed, needed bounce back win. Uh, I mean, they played uh, a much more responsible game. They played a much more north-south game. They made quicker play and like Detroit has fast skaters. Mm-hmm. And I I do agree that the Oilers are a below average team with speed, but you still see if if you play responsible and anticipate and get to the right spot. I mean, it's not impossible. It's not impossible to win if you have a, sl- a somewhat slower team. No,
3: you, you anticipate anticipate better. You, you make smarter plays. But I think the biggest thing is you go north-south. If you are a team that's not as fleet of foot and you're going east-west a lot, well, that just made you a lot slower. And the others were much better taking the puck going north-south. I thought they were also much smarter at the offensive blue line tonight. I don't know how many times against St. Louis, they turned the puck over and it came back the other way. Tonight, they were much better. They got pucks in deep. They got pucks in behind the defensemen. Uh, They made the right plays at the right time. It was just, it was almost like a light switch went on tonight and said, okay, you know what? What we've been doing hasn't been working. Let's go back to the way we were supposed to do it, and tonight they did. All right,
2: the Oilers take it 6-2 over Detroit. Next broadcast on 630, Chet, on Friday. Oilers at Buffalo, 3.30 face-off show. Game will start at 5.00. Save times as today. You can get more on the Oilers on 630 chetcom Thanks to our studio producer this evening, Kellyn Kennedy. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks to everybody who called in tonight. Oilers 6, Detroit 2, 6 different goal scorers for the Oilers. 14 skaters got at least a point. Good night for Edmonton. They'll try to keep it going on Friday. Have a good one.